0: Hey guys, welcome to a festive episode of Unfollowing Mum. I mean, as festive as this topic can actually get, you know, we are talking boundaries at Christmas, but is that a particularly festive topic? Let's just run with it. So as I said festive episode we're jingling those bells and we are talking about boundaries at Christmas. Earlier on in the week I popped a little question box on my personal Instagram which is Toby and Rue and on the unfollowing mum page which is unfollowing underscore mum and I do put these question boxes up every so often so if you ever want to ask a question or be involved you're always welcome to send a message over there or take part in these but this one in particular was about boundaries that have either been ignored or crossed at Christmas And if there were any boundaries that you wanted help to navigate and some advice on. So it's going to feel a bit of an agony aunt style situation today, I think. But I'm also really mindful that I would like this to be validating for people in some way. Because often, and that's the purpose of the whole podcast, isn't it? But often when it comes to boundaries that are crossed at Christmas or things that we experience that are really frustrating and really challenge how our relationship looks with our parents and family, members we often think that we're alone in that or that maybe we are being dramatic as they say we are so hopefully hearing other people talking about the frustrations and the boundaries that they've set in place and that have been crossed will let you know that actually no that's perfectly valid to feel frustrated by that that's perfectly valid to feel annoyed or overwhelmed or for those little things to have that damage on the relationship because as we've said before When it comes to relationships, it's often death by a thousand paper cuts and it might not be one big dramatic thing that, you know, some of them are some of the boundaries that have been sent to me are quite big boundaries that have been set in place that have been completely ignored others are what might seem on the surface quite small things but that have huge impact when they're all combined together so hopefully listening will be a validating experience for you during Christmas which is always a challenging time anyway. So I thought I would start off with gift giving at Christmas and obviously I have so many different things but I have selected a few that I wanted to read out to you and I'm going to do this anonymously as I always do with these question boxes But one of the things that kept coming up was the buying of gifts and certain presents. So somebody had written, buying loads of crap for my children every year. Giving our kids certain gifts, foods, whatever, without checking in with us first. Endless amounts of Christmas gifts, and I'm never listened to when I ask for it to be limited. Someone else had written, do not gift my kids Five bin bags full of toys each, please less is more and I keep asking. Another one that came up quite often is when I've told them not to buy any more presents because I don't have space and the kids don't need them, they still do and I'm ignored. Seeing people who want to gift things to my kids, how do I say, no, fuck off, it's family Christmas time. Gifting presents when I live in a tiny flat It's become a joke and they get the kids bigger and bigger presents on purpose knowing I don't have room. Not getting the kids crap that they just don't need. I try to send lists respectfully and it's completely ignored. Another one that came up that's kind of in this gift-giving arena was my mother-in-law putting from Santa on presents from her when we've said only we do Santa gifts and that's how we explain it to our children. And another one that came up that's kind of on a similar vein but I think is telling of how... Parents who don't respect you as individuals will overstep. So parents buying things that they know the kids aren't into thinking they should be into other things someone had actually sent me a longer dm about this particular thing of buying the kids things that they know they aren't into because they think they should be into other things and in this particular situation the parent was very much into farming and wanted the children to go into farming so they would buy the daughter things that were horsey stables that kind of thing and the boy things that were tractors and farmyards and that sort of thing But neither of them them had any interest whatsoever in farming and both of them had kind of aged out of that toddler phase where they showed interest in those kind of things or could show interest in those kind of things but because it didn't align with what the parent wanted well therefore it didn't matter we were going to send you this because this is what we think you should be into. So I think that kind of highlights the frequency of how often this buying presents for your kids around Christmas cropped up and how very quickly it falls into the category of being weaponised. You know, the buying presents, even though I live in a tiny flat... And I am begging for them not to buy big things because I have no space for it. But instead of that being respected, it's become somewhat of a funny joke to make your life difficult. And that's so common to see. And I wanted to read those out specifically, even though they are almost all exactly the same, because I think it highlights how genuinely so many of us are having the similar issues. And when it comes to present giving, you are very quickly told you're just being ungrateful you know you might have had some feelings come up there when people were talking about their kids being bought so many presents especially if your kids are completely ignored by grandparents thinking well hang on a minute at least be grateful that they're doing this but the problem is when you have said I don't have the room for it or that's not how I choose to parent It's the fact that that's not respected that the issue lies in, not because your child's actually been bought lots of things, it's because you've specifically said, that's not how I'm going to parent, I only want to have one or two things. We teach our children that we do it from Santa and that the rest of the presents are from other family for whatever reason that might be and you don't have to give reasons for these boundaries to be in place for you to say, please only get them one or two presents from this list. That's not you being difficult or awkward, that's simply knowing what will fit within your family and that's absolutely okay. And it doesn't mean that you are ungrateful if you're finding it really frustrating that your boundaries have been overstepped. Far from it. And what we quite often find as well is that not only are your boundaries being dismissed when it comes to saying, please don't buy this much, Please don't buy something so big. This is what the child would like. Could we stick to this list? Is a disparity between the way our children are treated. So, I did have some DMs from people saying that, you know, my son will be given three or four presents that might be really expensive, and yet my daughter is given something that's completely inappropriate or age inappropriate, um, might be the wrong size clothing because no effort was put into asking or it might be like a voucher for £5 or £10 whereas my son's had a £100 spent on him and it's impossible to get them to understand that as grandparents... Please treat them equally. And it doesn't matter if that means, you know, you are getting them something that's much smaller so that you can get them both something equal. Just treat them equally so I'm not having to sit down with a child and explain, oh, it's not because grandma doesn't like you. It's just because she maybe didn't think it through or try and patch over it. Outside of this question box, somebody actually left a comment on one of my videos about toxic parents or grandparents as they are now sending gifts to children and how truly bizarre they can be and they'd said that their seven-year-old received a box of beer mats one Christmas from a no-contact grandparent which just fulfilled the need for that grandparent to be able to turn around and say oh yes well I do send gifts and they're not appreciated and you think it's mind-blowing and yet it's really common. So let's condense some of these down, looking at buying things that they know are not liked or buying too many things, things that are too big. I think we could all bunch those into one set boundary. And when we set a boundary, it's really about how we feel and what works for us. It's not meant to be about controlling someone else's behavior. All you are doing is setting out the parameters of what you will and won't tolerate for you. So in this particular instance, in the run up to Christmas, I would be likely to say, hi, mum, dad, I've got a list here of things that my child would like and that I am happy for them to have throughout the Christmas. I'd really appreciate it if you stuck to this list. These are the things that I have room for in my home and these are the things that fit with their interests. If you don't want to give them these, I understand and would prefer you gave them a voucher or put some cash in a card for them. However you want to look at that and navigate that situation so that you are offering an alternative, if you want to, you could simply say, here is a list, and if anything comes that is not from that, we will not be able to keep it. Now that might sound really harsh to you, but I think what you've got to remember here is that when we're looking at this gift buying, especially when it comes to buying things that are maybe different for different kids and you've got one having loads spent on them, one not having anything spent on them, or it's deliberately buying things that are so big that it doesn't even fit into your flat and that is just seen as a funny joke, which in turn is upsetting for the child who maybe really wants to keep that item, but also is a reminder to you that your flat's not big enough, so you know you're kind of letting the side down there. If you had a bigger house, we could, it's all done very subtly we're not looking at a typical situation where grandma has just got a little bit overexcited. And yes, they've bought them a few things off the list. There's been some communication there and then they found a couple of other bits and thought, oh, they'll just really love them. That's not what you're looking at here. And if that is the scenario for you and you just find excessive gift giving really confronting, then that is something that's worthwhile having a conversation about. And that would look something along the lines of, In our family, we find excessive gift giving is not something that works for us. I find it really unnecessary and I'm trying to set a foundation with my kids so that they don't grow up to think that that's something that we do. Just one gift is absolutely fine. And then challenging that if that is not something that is stuck to, if you feel really passionately about that. But it's about looking at whether or not this behaviour is done through kindness and excitement and wanting to do something positive for your child or whether it's done in the terms of That buying things that they will not like or that are completely useless to them just to be able to say, I bought something for them, or buying things that they think they should be into. For example, I've seen people before say, Oh, well, I refuse to buy anything for a computer system or like an Xbox, PlayStation, that kind of thing, because I don't agree with kids' gaming. And it's like, that's cute, but that's not what this is about this is about the child having a gift and ultimately as long as the parent is okay with them doing that kind of gaming then that's okay that's what the child has been told they can do so when it comes to you giving a gift It doesn't matter whether you like gaming or not because the gift is not for you and it's deciphering whether or not this has been done as something that is to be kind and is at the benefit of the child or whether this is something that's been done in spite because there is a huge difference and one of those things absolutely doesn't have to be tolerated. And as much as you might set this boundary, if it is overstepped, that is the point at which you have that conversation. Again, to reiterate, you as a parent are allowed to decide what your child does and doesn't have. You are allowed to decide what fits within your house. And that doesn't mean that if your toxic parent, the grandparent, decides to buy something that hasn't been pre-agreed and that doesn't necessarily mean that everything has to go through you and you're being a control freak. It simply means that if you have said, here's a couple of things that I would like to suggest. They're on the wish list, I've given you a few different things that fit into different price categories so nobody can come back and turn around and say, well, what you sent was hundreds of pounds and I only had 20. No, we've given a few different suggestions and some of you might be thinking to yourselves, yeah, well, that's all well and good saying it, but I've said this over and over again, I've sent lists and it's always disregarded regardless, that's kind of what I messaged you about. Well, then in that instance, that is for you to follow through and to challenge them because that is within the realm of your contract to turn around and say, hey, mom, dad, we agreed earlier on in the year that I was going to send you a list of things for the kids that would be ideal to choose from. And yet you've bought this, which isn't on the list. And at the time I did say we wouldn't be able to keep it because it's too big, or because they've already got something similar, or because it doesn't meet the things that they perhaps like, can I ask you why you've gone off that list? And that has been totally ignored, then you are entitled to turn around and say, hang on a minute, this is the conversation we had, I did say to you that we wouldn't be able to keep anything, and that's now the position that we're in. There are a few things that you could do in that particular moment if that boundary is overstepped. You could say to them, well, this will have to be kept at your house because we don't have room for it at home. That would be a great idea for them to keep some toys here. You could say, thank you, that's very kind, and then simply send it to charity. And if they question it, I did tell you that we wouldn't be able to keep it. Or you can challenge it there and then and say, hang on a minute, we agreed that these things off the list would be bought and now you've bought all of these different things. I did express to you that we weren't going to be able to keep them. That's really frustrating. Can you let me know why you've done that? And move from there. It's up to you how much you feel confident to challenge it in the moment and whether or not you want to. What I would put to you is if you have agreed to buy something and then there has been a last minute change so your child's ended up going without out and there is upset all round then that's a really difficult situation to navigate and something that I personally would call out and would question and again I would call out and question if someone was buying stuff that was way too big to fit in my house and they knew about it because when we don't call these things out we often do it under the well I'm just going to keep the peace ideal but whose piece are you keeping because it's certainly not yours. And yes, your child might be a bit disappointed and upset if you are giving away something that they have been sent or that you feel that is inappropriate for them or is perhaps too big, but is that something that's your responsibility? And the answer to that is no. I think it's important when we have toxic parents who overstep these boundaries to be mindful of having open honest communication with our children. And there is nothing wrong with saying to a child, unfortunately, we can't keep this because it's too big. And I did say to grandma, nana, pops, granddad, whatever, that I I did ask them not to buy anything really big this year. And unfortunately, they didn't listen. So we are going to have to give that away. A tough situation to navigate. Absolutely. But something that you are responsible for fixing no you've set your boundary it's been disrespected and unfortunately your child might feel a bit disappointed if they're not able to keep something or on the flip side they might feel really disappointed if they're given something that they absolutely don't want and they're looking at you going well why have they given me this again that honesty and that congruence with them to say to them well Unfortunately, I did send a list of things that they wanted, especially with older kids who recognise the difference between what they are given and what siblings are given. And just saying to them, I understand that it's really difficult and it is something that I've challenged your grandparent about. Unfortunately, this is where we're at. You are not responsible for the way in which your toxic parent treats your child or the way in which they gift, give or any of these things. You're not responsible for their behavior. You are responsible for the way in which you react to it. And if you have set that boundary, you are responsible for reiterating that or challenging that when it's overstepped have listened to this first part and thought oh my goodness like is it really worth the drama and that's okay if that was you and you listened to it and you thought well I just wouldn't say anything I'd just get rid of it quietly and be a bit annoyed about it that's okay but for some people especially going back to the example of someone saying it's become a family joke to buy things that are too big for the flat that's done out of pure spite and that has a huge impact so if you had a takeaway from this first part of the episode that was well it's just not really that big a deal that's absolutely fine because for everybody different things will have different impacts but if you listen to this and you thought yeah actually this causes so much friction in our home it is worthwhile you reiterating that boundary and following through moving on the next most common thing to come up was about telling family that they are either not welcome to come to you or that you don't want to visit them at Christmas so I'm going to read you some of the examples that came through in the question box. Somebody wrote, my parents demand to see us all on Christmas Day, regardless of what we've got going on and moaning if we don't agree. We had to ban all of our family on Christmas Eve and day because our four kids were getting so overwhelmed and pretty much just ignored by people who said they wanted to spend time with them. Someone else said the fact that we have, in capitals, to share our time fairly on Christmas Day between my family and in-laws. Someone else said, we have to do all the driving to see everyone, even though we have a five-year-old. I'd like to have Christmas at my house rather than the expectation that I go there. Unannounced visits. I am no contact, but they still totally ignore the boundary and will turn up with gifts for my kids. Another one was, we wanted Christmas at home this year, but the compromise is us driving to see everyone in the morning so that we can have some kind of afternoon or evening at home. If it's not seen as fair to see equal parts of the family, we'll get comments from both sides. Someone said, everything has to match my parents' agenda and plans. There is not time for what I want or need. They arrange gatherings around my work schedule. Someone else said, how do I set a boundary when we're free? My mother-in-law has ignored it and booked to stay. We just want to be alone. There's an expectation that I'll spend Christmas with family, even though I'm socially burnt out. Family inviting themselves to stay over. They don't live far and then moaning about everything. Saying no to the in-laws and an extra visit before Christmas. Visiting and having people round who aren't kind just because it's Christmas. My boyfriend and I can't see both families, two sets of divorced parents, on the day. But how do we tell them? My mother-in-law comments on all the DIY jobs we have started but haven't finished around the house. So what you can see from all of these is that there's a real frustration in creating those boundaries around people coming, and sometimes, even when we do create those boundaries, then being totally ignored. Personally I think it's a little bit easier sometimes to set a boundary when you are expected to go to somebody's house because you haven't got that worry that they are just going to turn up at yours which as you can see from some of the things that are sent is really common for people to do to just rock up on the day and be like oh yeah we knew you'd be in so we just thought we'd tootle along and it's like no that's not what we've said. I think when it comes to setting boundaries with parents especially when you have like somebody had said two sets of divorced parents it's a case of being really really firm and yes that might mean that they moan at you yes that might mean that they throw their toys out of the pram and yes that might mean that you are made to look like the bad guy but you have to be secure enough in the knowledge that you absolutely are not and that your boundary is valid you don't owe anybody a visit on Christmas day and that might sound as somebody says it quite logical of well yeah obviously no of course I don't owe anybody but you know I feel like I should and it's okay to feel that way whilst not allowing that feeling to dictate what you do and how you spend your time especially if it makes you miserable and when we talk about setting those boundaries quite often what's missed in that conversation is how important it is to get comfortable with letting people down which is no mean feat when you have been raised as a people pleaser and you've always been the one who fixes things or who keeps everybody else happy at the sacrifice of yourself but you have to get comfortable and be okay with saying to somebody no you have to be okay and comfortable with letting other people down because sometimes it is not your responsibility to make them happy at the sacrifice of yourself. So when you have a parent who insists that you come to them on Christmas Day or will bemoan the fact that you have visited another parent and they feel like it's unjust, it's unfair. It's OK for you to say to them, I hear how you feel about that. And I'm sorry that that has upset you. But this is the decision that I've made. And that's that. That's it. That's as simple as the boundary needs to be. It's okay that you're upset. That's not my responsibility. And yes, like I say, they they may well throw their toys out the pram. But again, ask yourself, is that within the realm of your control or your responsibility? Because the answer is no. At some point when it comes to navigating a relationship with a toxic parent or with toxic family members, you have to start to ask yourself, what matters more, my mental health or making them happy? It is okay and it's absolutely not selfish for you to not want to have a Christmas day with all of the family or for you to only want to quickly pop in and visit for an hour or two. I remember when our kids were quite little we would often go up and visit Adam's parents who are not toxic, who are we have a relatively good relationship with and Often I would say I don't want to be there all day. Given the opportunity, I probably wouldn't leave the house at all on Christmas Day. I'm a real homebody on Christmas Day. But I do like going and visiting them and saying hi and seeing them and I would get so much grief from my mum if we spent too long up there or I would get well you clearly don't want to go or it's disrupting the children why are you going and it would always make me feel really torn and really pulled between keeping her happy and then feeling guilted because she was on her own but those were her choices and actually when we went up there we set another boundary by saying especially when the kids were tiny we're only staying for an hour maybe two hours and yes it might be wonderful and you're expecting us to stay for the evening and you've done a a big buffet and we love that but we're going to have the buffet a bit early because we need to get back to get the kids in bed and it might be Christmas day but they're tiny and I don't want the rest of my Christmas day ruined or Boxing Day when I'm on my own because Adam goes off to watch football made really difficult with screaming toddlers Who are enjoying absolutely nothing because they're so exhausted. So, this is our boundary, this is what we'll be doing. Was it always met with happiness? No, sir, it was not. It was not always met with happiness from either side. But I tell you now, it was met with kids who were not so overwhelmed the next day. It was met with me who was not so overwhelmed the next day. And in hindsight, some of the ways in which I would put boundaries in place with my in-laws were because of the way that my mum was behaving and were a detriment to myself. We spend a lot more time there now on Christmas Day, Christmas afternoon. And I love it. And the kids love it. And I think that's really valuable to us as a family. However... I feel secure and confident enough that if I were to turn to them and say, we will just be having a family Christmas at home this year, we will not be doing any visiting, we will see you on X, Y, Z, we might see you on New Year, we might see you in the Betwixtmas, we might see you Boxing Day or Christmas Eve, whatever that would look like, but we will not see you on Christmas Day. I know that would cause upset and I would be okay with that because if that's what I felt I needed for my family, I've made my peace with the fact that I'm allowed to set those boundaries as a 34-year-old woman. Jesus Christ you know someone told me not so long ago that i said something that i actually think sounded really profound and i didn't realize i'd said it until they fed it back to me but i said on a podcast episode or a video or something that having boundaries is a bit like flexing a muscle the more you do it the stronger it gets and the better you get at doing it and yeah absolutely that's true and it's no different at christmas it's finding that comfort in knowing that it's okay for you to let people down sometimes, and that that's not your responsibility. So when you have parents who are separated, if you don't want to visit any of them at Christmas, that's okay, and you can say that, and they can be angry with you, and they can send angry emails, they can tell you how disappointed they are, that's all a them problem. And I know in the moment, it doesn't make it any less uncomfortable, and it doesn't make it any less hurtful, But I always think it's worth noting that if someone's reaction to your boundary is so vicious, that speaks volumes about what kind of person they are and how they choose to communicate. Because if they're sulking or they're nasty or they're not speaking to you, any of these things, that's about them. It's not about you and that leads into another thing that somebody had sent through about saying no at Christmas very similarly to saying no to going visiting but also saying no to other things like no please don't bring more food for the Christmas table we've got allergies here no please don't do that, that's not acceptable somebody had commented that their mother spends a lot of time making really derogatory or nasty remarks about her in-laws and her husband's family and she doesn't really really know how to say that's not acceptable because whatever she does say mum comes back with well I'm entitled to have an opinion and here's the thing we've all heard the old adage of everyone's got an opinion just like everyone has an arsehole but we don't all need to share it show it talk about it hear about it However, when you have a toxic parent, they're very much of the opinion that you absolutely need to hear about all their opinions. And for them, gossiping is a way of getting that validation of knocking other people down. And that's really frustrating when you are the one that stood there saying, hang on a minute, I don't want to hear about this. One of the things that I recommend to clients in this situation is what we would call grey rocking. Grey rocking, or known as the grey rock method, is where you act in a deliberately unresponsive or unengaged way so that the person who is trying to gossip or trying to get a rise out of you loses all interest in doing so and it's not to be confused with stonewalling which is usually it's a way of saying silent treatment it's a type of manipulation grey rocking is very different so it's not silent treatment but it is really effective in stopping toxic people in their tracks because if they're not getting the response from you then it's pretty boring one-way conversation isn't it and yes someone can go on and on and on especially when they're incredibly narcissistic and they don't need a response from you necessarily they're quite happy to just Keep going by themselves, but you actually find yourself stepping back when you consciously make the choice to be unresponsive or disengaged from the conversation. So, to give you an example, following on from the message that I had in my question box, where the person had said that their mum was really nasty about her partner's family and that she kept making really nasty comments about them, and when challenged about it, would just come back with, Yeah, well, it's my opinion and I'm entitled to have an opinion. An example of using the grey rock method in this instance would be to forego the challenge because you've tried that and that's not necessarily working, but to just be non-responsive. So they might be saying something about their mother-in-law and what they've done and you would let them talk without any response from you. If they ask a question, you answer in a really kind of non-committal way. So for example, if they say, do you notice that she does that a lot? You would say, no, not really, and kind of move on with the conversation and where applicable you would change the conversation to be something else and I would love to say that I used to do this a lot with my own mum who was really fond of bad-mouthing my mother-in-law she deeply hated that I was forming any kind of connection with my mother-in-law but I didn't I was very much taken in with the oh well we we don't like her kind of vibe and I adore my mother-in-law she is a wonderful person but at the time anything to please my mum and at the sacrifice of the wonderful relationship that I now have with my mother-in-law including boundaries that are necessary for our relationship. How I would handle that now is completely different to how I would have handled it when I was so enmeshed with my mum. But yes, you can challenge that behaviour and when someone says, well, that's just my opinion, say, yeah, well, I'm not interested in hearing it and move on with the conversation. Or you can try using grey rock Method where you are unresponsive, non-committal and move the conversation away, usually, as silly as it sounds, to something about them. Because people who are incredibly narcissistic or abusive are very keen to, to talk about themselves, to talk about their achievements, the things that make them... Think of a peacock that puffs up their feathers. If I'd have said to my mum, ''Oh, how's this going?'' and it was something about her, she would have immediately switched the conversation and spent ages talking about her and her achievement. So navigating it in those ways, and you can look up the grey rock method to see different examples of that, can be really helpful when you have someone who is so insistent on bad mouthing your loved ones and other things, and when challenged on it, just throws out the, yeah, well, I'm entitled to an opinion, because you can tell them until you're blue in the face that, like their arsehole, you don't want to see or hear about their opinion. But... That will have no impact whatsoever when you are dealing with someone who is toxic or they will immediately turn it into you're the problem, you're making me sad, you're hurting me. Now I think this next thing came up quite a few times and I think it is really relevant for this time of year and for anyone who has a parent who has either is an alcoholic or has a complicated relationship with alcohol. I had quite a few messages, but just to read you two of them here, someone had put, I struggle with how much my alcoholic mother drinks over the holidays and on Christmas Day around my children. And another one said, my parents are alcoholics and insist on pushing drink on everyone, even my teenagers and one is only 13. Christmas and alcohol can be such a toxic thing and culturally if you're listening to this depending on where you are especially in the UK there is a real culture around binge drinking and Christmas you know you see the adverts ramp up for different alcohols always see special alcohols that are out there and I have no problem with alcohol funnily enough I am not a big drinker myself and this is absolutely no shade to anyone who does like a, gra- a glass of vino because you do you but for me I find that the headache that it gives me is a bigger turn off than the chill that I get however there was a time when I was drinking quite heavily or rather I was binge drinking so I wouldn't drink through the week or I wouldn't drink unless I was on a night out but I would drink to the point where I was ill and interestingly now I reflect on it There was times when I was 14, 15, where I would get in my mum's drinking cupboard, which was filled with all sorts of bizarre alcohols. Like we're talking apricot brandies, you know, all the all the stuff that back in the 80s and 90s filled every cupboard and probably fills a lot of cupboards now for drinking parties and cocktail parties and that kind of thing but she had all sorts for making cocktails but really didn't drink much herself there was never any wine or anything in the house it was always spirits and I remember being blackout drunk on a number of occasions before I was out of my teen years but what I want to impress upon you is that you are absolutely within your right, even if you come from a family of drinkers and you have always had a nice drink yourself at Christmas and it's not something that bothers you, to tell people that you are not comfortable with them drinking to excess around your children. You are entitled to tell people, I'm not comfortable with you drinking full stop around my children. Now, Boundaries are not, as I said before, there to control other people's behaviour but they are about what you will and won't tolerate. So you can't say to somebody, you can't drink at Christmas because I don't like you drinking around my children. But you can say to somebody, I'm just going to let you know, if there is any drinking, I'm going to take the kids home because I'm really not comfortable around them being around alcohol. And you're allowed to say to somebody that if there is any drinking, you will leave if they are getting drunk you will leave. You're not stopping them from making those choices, but you are saying, I don't feel comfortable, therefore, this is what I will do if this is happening. You make your choices to what you choose to do, but if that is what's happening, I'm gonna have to leave and I'll take my kids because I'm not comfortable with them them being around that kind of thing. When it comes to my parents' alcoholic and insist on pushing drink on everyone, even the teenagers, again, you are allowed to say, If you are drinking, that's fine. That's your business. I've got no problem with you drinking, but my children are not to be offered alcohol. If you do offer them alcohol, I will ask you to leave. Or if you don't want to ask them to leave, I will call you out on it and I will make sure that you know that that's not acceptable. And I think one of the things with boundaries is that we're so often told, are you being a killjoy? You're being dramatic. You're being a spoil sport. You're being this. You're being that. You're not. At all, and you're entitled, especially when it comes to these kind of things, to say I'm not going to tolerate that around my children, or I will remove myself and my children, or I will ask you to leave if you're doing that repeatedly with my children. That's not you being a spoil spot, and unfortunately, yes. It does ruffle some feathers but again that is not something that you can control because boundaries are not about controlling other people's behaviours or reactions to your boundaries but they absolutely are about what you will and will not tolerate and when it comes to alcohol around children, alcohol being pushed on children or people being blind drunk around children, you are so within your rights to say that's not acceptable behaviour and to then follow through. And I think with older teens as well, there is some power in being able to kind of have that preemptive conversation. If your parents are alcoholics and you are going to visit them, there is nothing wrong and it is not bad-mouthing to say to your children that their grandparents have a complicated relationship with alcohol and that if they start drinking and it gets to the point where you feel uncomfortable, you will be leaving. If they start drinking at your house, or they bring alcohol when they've been asked not to, and they get drunk, they will be asked to leave. And again, as much as you go back to that idea of, I don't want to ruffle feathers on Christmas day, I don't want to ruin it for everyone. What we have to ask ourselves is when we're setting those boundaries in place, where we feel that our children are in a position of threat, they might see something or hear something that they don't, we don't want them to hear. We might have past experiences ourselves, of our parents becoming aggressive or verbally abusive when they are drunk. Is it you that's ruining it? really think on it and sit with yourself on that one because you're constantly given the message of you're spoiling things if you don't quote unquote keep the peace but as I said before are you keeping the peace and whose peace because you're certainly not feeling any peace is your silence being complicit in their bad behavior and if you're not standing up for your boundaries and you're not speaking up when you're put in a position where you are uncomfortable, despite the fact that that might cause an argument, despite the fact that that might mean that you leave early and everybody thinks you're a killjoy or whatever uh, the scenario might be, is that message of self-abandonment in order to keep the peace or in order to avoid the conflict, is that a message that you want to send to your kids? On a final note I had quite a few people message saying that they really struggled with parents forcing physical contact on children so insisting upon hugging maybe they don't want to greet with kisses and hugs and that kind of thing maybe they've had a baby and they don't want baby being kissed and hugged but that is just not respected And when they say, no, no, you don't have to hug, you don't have to kiss, then they are told that they're the ones that are causing the problem. Somebody had written, hugs and kisses being forced, even though my daughter said no, and I say she doesn't want to, I'm just ignored. This is such a common one, and it's one that is incredibly frustrating as a parent. My biggest tip here is to empower your children in saying no and then standing behind them in that no. I think, again, it goes back to getting comfortable with letting people down and getting comfortable with stepping between your child and the other person and saying, ah, please don't touch them. They said no, I've said no, respect that. And if that causes an argument or that causes upset, again, asking yourself that question of, is that within the realm of your control? Because you politely said, no, thank you. Your child politely said, no thank you and it's been dismissed and ignored so now it's a firm and resounding absolutely not and you're entitled to do that that is not you causing a problem or teaching your child to be disrespectful but sometimes when it comes to boundaries and it comes to reaffirming them and being really strict with them it's okay that you upset people And it's okay if everybody looks at you and thinks, oh gosh, you know, they're just causing drama for drama's sake. Cause that drama. If your child doesn't want to be touched and you've said no, they've said no, and it's still ignored, you have every right to step in between that child and that adult and say, hang on, they said no, please respect that. I want them to understand that they are allowed to say no. And if they don't want to hug, that's okay. Okay. And you can say it with a smile. It doesn't have to be confrontational. But the comeback from that is simply, no, it's not up for discussion. And that actually in and of itself is setting a boundary. I saw a fantastic quote a couple of weeks ago that said something along the lines of, we're not discussing my emotions here. My feelings are not on the table for discussion. And that's absolutely the case in this. You're not discussing whether or not your child wants to be hugged. The fact that they don't want to be hugged is not up for discussion that has been a resounding no end of discussion and that if that upsets somebody then that upsets somebody i think the thing with boundaries and especially at christmas time is we have to get over this idea that we are somehow bad for setting them or that we are somehow bad if we let someone else down because we're always going to let somebody down at some point but you've got to ask yourself, are you okay with it always being you that lets you down, that doesn't back yourself, that self-abandons to try and please a toxic parent or family member? Are you okay with it always being you? Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope that it has been useful, if only invalidating that these experiences are Shared across many, it's not something that only one or two of us are experiencing. It's a whole minefield of toxic behavior, but that is always so common. So whatever you might think you're experiencing at this time of year, you are not alone in it. If I have managed to give you some tips on how to set those boundaries, then that is absolutely wonderful. Just remember that boundaries are not about controlling other people's behaviour. They are about your reactions to other people's behaviour and what you will and will not tolerate around you. They're about choosing you and making your peace with the fact that sometimes people won't like that, and that's absolutely okay. Speak to you next week. Bye.